Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Hey Bro, a podcast by Mates Extraction. Today we're going to be talking about Pink Shirt Day, bullying, its impacts, and also an interview with our mate, Charlie Munn. Pink Shirt Day? Uh, what, is, what, is, what is Pink Shirt Day? Pink Shirt Day initially began in Canada in 2007 when two students took a bit of a stand against homophobic bullying, and that's where the day began. However, here in Aotearoa, we've been celebrating Pink Shirt Day since 2009, and the campaign each year just gets bigger, bigger, and bigger. If you're holding back the tears, let go. If there's something that you need, say so. There are many different types of bullying. Obviously, we know probably from growing up in the early 2000s, we saw lots of movies where people were you know, shaken down for their lunch money in movies oh, yeah. and cartoons or uh, you know, wedgies. There was, a, there was a big one we'd see with in cartoons, but I think bullying's a lot more than just, well, I guess, what we saw in those cartoons and what we exposed to growing up. There's many different types, eh, bro? It's definitely more, more than the uh, physical that's portrayed in traditional media. You know, it's um, uh, one of the phrases I like to say is, sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words would forever scar me. <laughs> Far out. That's on the nose, eh? Yeah, you know, it's the, the physicality of of bullying can have such lasting mental effects on somebody you know it's definitely one of those things that's underlooked as well and especially with and how we view technology and how technology has grown to the point where pretty much everybody has got a phone everyone has an access to a phone you know there was just more than a brick <laughs> oh yeah the old nokia 2288 the beautiful three-piece play a sweet game of snake oh yeah <laughs> Our little snake, snake. snake two snake <laughs> two yeah yeah but it was quite a limited capacity on those those mm. little bricks back in the day now it's it's a, a portal it's a part of uh i want to say it's almost a part of everybody too you know you don't really go anywhere without your phone oh hi it's pretty much either attached to our hands or in our pocket and but I guess whilst it is a portal to, to Web 3.0 to the cyberspace, it can also be a doorway where negative impacts can come through. Uh, through interactions on social media, we can see you know, this new style of bullying and where those words that can scar us can be online. Comments, posts, pictures, groups, group chats. Man, these are all some new emerging spaces where people can most definitely be bullied, be impacted isolated and i guess as well with cyberbullying because it is online and there is a slight bit of disconnection between the real world the bullying can be so much more almost probably more harsh than what you would say a person in front of their face it's a lot more i think it's, it could be a lot more directed at people too you know you can you can definitely target very certain people with online bullying whereas i think you know when i was bullied in school it was a lot it was a lot less direct and a lot more indirect either not being led somewhere i would take the bus to and from intermediate and a group of bullies would just not let me sit past a certain point in the bus and so stuff like that you know it's a lot more it takes a lot more physicality and then that just being able to move our thumbs in a certain way you can throw out an, an arrow or a uh, an insult that can really impact somebody which is easier i guess to do as you say because you're that still where you're not you see right next to that person you can hide behind that keyboard eh? And throw that, that rock, that arrow, and really make an impact on somebody. And definitely feel, uh, feel some way to yourself. Right? Like, you know, growing up, uh, looking the way that I did when I was uh, in high school and college and whatnot, those insults were always quite indirect. 
get mocked for looking a certain way, acting a certain way, liking certain things, being <laughs> being a fan of the stuff that I liked, it was quite easy to be isolated, but in an indirect manner. Now that directness is right front and centre. You can be influenced by it. But it does, I guess, bring up the question. There are so many types of bullying that we can see. We've touched upon already that, that physical, well, you know, we saw growing up those cartoonish examples and now these emerging spaces in which people are being impacted. But there's also, oh, which one I think that is very prevalent within our industry here in construction is, is that verbal, that way of choking and making, uh, giving someone, say, potentially a name or, a, you know, a nickname, a label that can, that can stuck that verbal bullying can really start to grind someone down over time, eh? And especially when it's not just one joke per week or one joke per day, when that joke becomes part of someone's at workplace or even social identity, can impact them heavily. Mm. You know, I think um, as well, I think you put it really well there. Bullying isn't an isolated incident. You know, it's repeated incidents over a very certain period of time. Uh, whether it be targeted or non-targeted at a certain person, you know, it's it, it's it can't be just that one time in terms of systematic bullying. But I think it's important to realize that some people might just have bad days. Bullying is really complex as an issue. You get you learn as you get older that if either you know if you were bullied at school, you start to learn that. That bully may have problems uh, that he's just carrying to and from school. That is one of those things. It's it's just that's one of the issues which makes bullying or any kind of behavior such as bullying really complex. It's not just about them wanting to hurt you physically or verbally because they want to. There may be instances where it is it is charged against um, certain individuals, but. You know, due to the the nature of the issue, it can be just as simple as he's struggling himself, and he's just choosing to let out his struggles via the avenue of bullying. Yeah, yeah, finding it so hard to maybe express themselves, express what they're going through, whatever situations they may have going on behind closed doors, at home, wherever. That's how that frustration, how that expression is being displayed. Eh? I know for someone who has has been bullied and seen it many times. Often someone can go from being a recipient of bullying to actually developing into a bully themselves due to what they've been through. I know, even speaking from my own experience, sort of how I displayed a lot of my behaviours. When I'd been bullied a lot as a young person, I almost had to delay or not to redirect that stress and that pressure that I had from carrying that, that experience. And as you say, it's... If only it was direct, if only it was simple, there was, it was a simple one to two part uh, equation. Um, we could be able to recognize and be able to move forward very easy. But due to that complexity, it's often hard to notice, often hard to be able to break down uh, why, why someone is turning necessarily to, turning to this behavior. It could be because they are feeling alone, they are feeling hopeless, they are feeling like they do not have bowel or strength within their within their lives at that point in time and just expressing themselves in that way. Eh? You know, another point is that bullying isn't just harming the person being bullied. Uh, you know, it's harmful for pretty much everyone. It's it's carrying on that negative outlook. Even for those who maybe uh, 
a, you know, have observed intimate interaction or are exposed to, not directly, but exposed to that, I say, interaction, event, uh, insult, whatever that might be, can have an impact. Most definitely, eh? Not just the, again, the person, the bully and the bully, mm. the ones around them, the ones who are seeing it. Yeah, well, there's an interesting stat here. Let me pull up for you. In the New Zealand Human Rights Commission research called Experiences of Workplace Bullying and Harassment in Aotearoa, one of the key summary figures is that of the sample size of just a bit over 2,500 workers across New Zealand, 44% of the workers in that research said that they are aware of bullying affecting others in their workplace in the last five years. Jeez. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, that's... 44%. <laughs> 2,500 people, but just a bit under half of them knew that others were getting bullied. So when you say that bullying, you know, doesn't just affect the parties involved, it involves bystanders who are watching it happen. And, you know, it can be so much more than uh, witnessing a verbal or physical bullying altercation. You know, it could just be as easily as played off as just being banter. Yeah, oh, the classic, oh, it's just a joke, mate. Oh, yeah. don't get so stressed out about the immediate uh, downplay, eh? Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, you're just overreacting. Oh, it's just, we're just being funny. What if it's not funny for that person? What if it's not funny for anybody? Who's really laughing? No one's laughing, eh? Man, that's, that, that, that blows me away. 44% aware of it in a five-year period. Man. Yeah. And that's what, that's a, that's the hidden danger of bullying you know when you say about the downplay is that many of what we expect bullying to look like in a traditional sense could be very heavily associated to how media portrays bullying some of the bullying behaviors that people have experienced they have said in the research is being set up to fail in your role repeated reminders of your errors and mistakes i mean that's oh, that's a big one imagine <laughs> imagine being constantly reminded that you've messed oh, up oh yeah and i'm sure there's many people oh, I, I mean i've definitely felt like that eh, where you just feel like the whole world is against you because all you can all you're hearing in your ears is your errors your mistakes especially if you're new to a workplace mm. especially if you're learning something for the first time and and especially if you're ambitious too and you just all you're hearing in your ears all you're feeling is what you're doing wrong that's your entire experience eh? and uh here's another one that's Probably a little bit more for, I mean, larger workspaces being ignored or excluded. Oh, huge. Yeah, that's a big huge. one. Another one tying back to the reminders of errors and mistakes is persistent criticism of your work and effort. Well, this is pretty. This is a pretty big one. I mean, I've definitely experienced this next point, mostly in high school, like I said, in a more larger environment. Being ignored or facing a hostile reaction when you approach. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I know exactly what you meant. Like, I can't even talk, talk what you're saying there, bro. Like, you're just being ignored. It's something that when I when I experience it, like, even if it's due because someone's busy, then they don't realize it. They don't understand. They're not acknowledging you. It can make you feel like you're just this big. I'm holding my fingers quite close together, but you're just tiny. You don't you don't mean anything. You're not worthy. You're, it really impacts your self worth idea of your own self worth, eh? Hey? Last couple of points is um. Spreading gossip and rumors. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's it hurts. Words will forever scar you, you know? It's uh, it's one of those things you sometimes you just don't forget about these things. You may not even hear it. But, uh, you know, like uh, as we'll hear with Charlie's interview shortly coming up, sometimes it's all it takes is just a rumor for your reputation to just be solid. Yeah, once you've got that label, it's, it's 
really hard to take it's off. It's hard to take <laughs> off, man. It's in the blind spot, you know? Yeah. It's in the middle of your back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a big target, eh? Painting on you. Pretty much, yeah. It can be as simple as, oh, yeah, maybe that person's not so good at so-and-so. Oh, it's all it takes. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Their, their X, their Y, or their Z, that's just what they're like. That's who they are. Is that labor way. And that's all. I can't wait to chat a bit more about it with our Southern Field Officer team leader, Charlie Munn. Without further ado, thanks for joining us, Charlie, from all the way down in Christchurch. Hope it's not too cold down there. Pretty cold up in Auckland now as well. Oh, yeah, well, man. We say it's cold, it but... Oof. What was it, like six degrees this morning? Oof, I don't know, man. I've been shivering That's like, like a t-shirt peeling. shorts weather for down in Christchurch, eh? Yeah, it's not too bad, man. I, I think I'm kind of used to it now down here, but it's definitely been colder these last few days, as you can see i've got the hoodie on so nah, it's, it's definitely cooling down but i think over the yeah been down here a few years now slowly got used to the cold <laughs> acclimatized day yeah yeah acclimatized it's definitely been colder so you know <laughs> it's all good when i'm sitting inside i'm pretty happy <laughs> oh man that's what we want to hear well, thank you for making time for us today, Charlie. I know, um, you know, taking some valuable minutes away from your busy, busy schedule as the team leader of uh, our Southern Field Officers. And today, um, our pod and our interview with you is going to be around Pink Shirt Day, which we've got coming up uh, this Friday. And we really just wanted to get a bit of an insight from yourself and especially your role, um, previous two mates, and any experiences that you've had with this issue and even maybe experienced any outcomes, any potential conflicts that you would have had. Um, so I guess to start it off, you know, we've got to look at some of those those leading issues and those those impacts that can be that can bullying can really cause within a working environment. Um, so I guess before we jump into the first question, Charlie, I guess give us a bit of a you know big a bit of your CV, bit of your uh, your uh, history before. Uh, being a field officer here at Mates and being a team leader. Yeah, man. Nice to see this. Uh, I, I kind of figured that's where we're, we're going to head first. Otherwise, we might start on off on a little bit of a scramble. But, um, yeah, so prior to Mates, I um, I joined the New Zealand Army at the age of 17. Um, fresh into Wauru. I think that was back in 08 or 09. Honestly, can't remember too too clearly. But, yeah, 17, joined the, joined the New Zealand Army, and I served roughly... 12, 13 years um, through uh, through the surface or yeah, through the New Zealand Army, um, going from Wairu down here to Christchurch and then served in the 2nd, 1st Battalion uh, Infantry Regiment down here in Christchurch for uh, probably 11 years of that time. Um, throughout that time, I suppose, I served in three or four different companies. Yeah, everyone starts off pretty basic. Rifle company, uh, you do three to five years there. Um, if you're good enough or senior enough, I guess, uh, you hang around long enough, you get pushed out to support company where you sort of specialise more. Um, depending on what I suppose your preferences, you can go anywhere from reconnaissance, a bit of a sneaky guy, um, through to heavy weapons, uh, if you're that more inclined or you're a bit of a communications guy and you like to get behind the radio and <laughs> figure out the tech side of things, you can go down that road. Um, I myself personally went across to yeah, fire support group or heavy weapons, served there for, yeah, again, I think another five, five or so years um, before um, being sent back to Rolf Company to sort of, I suppose, start beginning, uh, beginning sorry, my, I suppose, teaching side or mentoring side for the, the younger guys coming through um, into, the, into the unit at the time. I suppose also through that time, I deployed 
three times overseas. So I did Solomon Islands back when I was quite a young buck. I think I was 18, so pretty fresh. Been in the Army about a year. Deployed to the Solomon Islands, did four months over there, come home. Uh, I think it was about a year later, 2012, um, I went to East Timor. So still quite young. I think I was 19, 20. Um, did six months over there. Uh, returned back to New Zealand, and then I think I didn't go away again until 2019, which was Iraq, which was about the six, seven months there as well. So 2019 to 2020, deployed to Iraq um, as a commander, which was a whole, whole different experience, I guess, um, to sort of being that little young fellow on the ground trying to do my job to uh, probably the most basic standard to actually kind of being in charge of people and having to make sure they're doing their job to a bit more than the basic standard. But yeah, that was, and then I chose to leave, what were we in about 2023? Excuse me. Oh, I started last year. I left started last year, 2022. I decided it was um, time to move on to hopefully bigger and better things. My body probably couldn't hold up as well as it used to. And I just felt like I'd sort of done what I wanted to or achieved what I needed to within the army. What an extensive history in the New Zealand army. And throughout your career in uh, in the forces, you must have seen a lot of incidents happen. I mean, the one of the critical things that I think about when I think of like the army uh, in conjunction with the industry is that we're very male dominated. You know, we have this idea about like being hyper masculine and almost like a, a a culture of not hazing per se, but like a um like a bashing of the newbies when they first join group is almost like a little bit of like a, you know, you have to go through these trials and tribulations to become one of us. Um, and that, that is almost like in itself, like a, it's like a rite of passage. Yeah. Yeah. Like a rite of passage, but also still, I think, you know, depending on, as, as you know, we say it may, it's, it, it may not be everyone's day. Uh, and so sometimes those those things can actually it may just be banter on the surface, but some of those things sometimes could just be lead to some behaviors that could be seen as bullying. Yeah, but do you have any experiences of that happening during your time in forces? Um, yeah, I, I think like definitely you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think um, essentially like I can't recall like well I could probably recall a couple of very specific instances uh, incidents. Sorry, but I don't really want to share. <laughs> too specific but it's like i said you hit the nail on the head where um when you come in as a newbie and that's where i've kind of i had a thought about this for the last night and even driving into work this morning about what i was going to say um because i I agree you know um when you when you come in the military you can expect a little bit of whatever it is you know you call hazing uh sort of that rite of passage you gotta i suppose earn earn your right to or maybe I know call yourself a bit of a senior soldier or to to sort of reap the rewards of some of the guys who have been around a little bit longer. And I, I agree with it to an extent, you know what I mean? Because you, you have to prove yourself in certain aspects of life and certain environments or industries. But yeah, I also agree with what you're saying is that with a male-dominated industry, we we do cop a lot of shit and we probably give a lot of shit to, to co-workers, to colleagues, whatever it is. And... It's it's all it's all well and good having a bit of banter, but that's what you also don't understand, I suppose, yeah, what's going on behind the scenes because we cannot everyone's happy to give a bit of slack, but when we don't actually know the person too well or what they're going through outside of work or, you know, what they did the day before or how they're not was that that banter might not be received as as banter to them, which I think is a very fine line and um it's hard, I suppose, to gauge because I think 
not just the army, like everywhere we've we've created a culture where, you know, that's the norm to to throw a bit of stick around to give a bit of banter, but rather than to check in first and see how they're doing or if someone stops giving giving the banter back, you know, you probably just keep going and but we need to really maybe take a step back and think, am I am I going too far? Am I pushing too much? Have I, you know, my lines of banter and their lines of banter may be very different. Um and just to yeah, really have a think. But the army definitely has that man. And I think with everyone's lines are different. The lines are a little bit blurred. Some cases where you're probably given you give a bit of stick, but then when you keep going and it's stopped, it's not received the same. Um, yeah, you don't know how that person's receiving it. And it, it can definitely have, a, I think, have a massive effect on that day, on that even that person's career. I think you, you know your your reputation that you build throughout the army. That that's once you have a bad uh, bad reputation, it's hard to change it. Um, and I think that's where I've noticed bullying has affected some people throughout the military. Yeah, I guess that's a a good point to yeah, I guess ask our next question as you perfectly put it there, Charlie. That can have that bullying over time, that line wherever it is, when it is crossed, it can have an impact, eh? impact on someone's work, impact on their well being. And when you're doing a hard physical task, you know, doing that hard mahi, like you're doing especially as a rifleman, man, that can impact your performance, say. Eh? So with your experience, you know, especially in a leadership position. What were some of the um, those leading issues that you saw bullying actually cause within that environment, maybe out on exercise, even in the day-to-day? So, like, I suppose first and um, sort of things that I've seen as, as an impact for bullying is just, yeah, people become, um, will start to underperform even more, you know, because they'll, if you give someone enough stick or you bully them enough, if that's how we're looking at it, you know, you start to doubt yourself. When you're doing your job, whether it be, like you said, you're a rock and then you're, you're out boots on the ground, you're doing hard tasks as it is. And if you're uncertain in your own mind about performing and all you've been told is, yeah, yeah, you're a crap soldier, you know, you're not doing your job, you're not pulling your weight, you know, like you're just going to second guess yourself. And when you've got a second guessing soldier, that's one of the worst things you can have. You know, I was always like, I suppose, once I progressed in the army is that I never wanted any of the guys that I, I suppose had underneath me. It's just don't second get yourself. Even if you do something wrong and you make a mistake, you know, oh well, shit happens, man. Like obviously, depending on the safety of the of the task or whatnot, but back yourself, do it. If you've done it wrong or you make a mistake, you're gonna learn from it as well. But yeah, guys who have been heavily bullied or impacted by bullying, I found that they just always collectively doubted themselves when doing these types of tasks to the point that they'll do nothing. And then, unfortunately, it probably warrants some more bullying because now you just looked at a guy who uh, looked at as a guy who can't do his job. Yeah, which I mean, I, I hope I'm getting the term of Fraser. I've had a few friends in the army over my time, and especially with that um, as rifleman, I think the word, the nickname that's used for those riflemen is uh, grunte. Grunts, right? The grunts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's almost that badge of honour that's applied when you're a grunt, right? Like you, you can do that hard mahi, that labour. Your display of value is being able to do that task. That's your worthiness. It's kind of how it's You know, grunts, grunts do the hard work. Uh, everyone says like everyone else is there to support the infantry or to support the grunts, and so there's no task that you can't do. You know, as a grunt, you know, of uh, other, I suppose, um, experience I've had, well, one that jumps out at me as you bring that up is that I had a mate of mine or we're doing I suppose a quite a quite a difficult task um and a guy actually a bit of an older guy compared to the rest of the crew who was there you know we're all probably uh mid to 
mid to early 20s and I think he might have been mid 30s you know not still not very old but he actually put his hand up and said no like I can't do it like I'm physically physically struggling and you know probably probably a tough thing to have to do and to own up and be like you know what now this is too tough but man the stick he copped for that comment was like ridiculous like even um you know people broke down things said things you know it was the first time in my career I've had a grunt stand up and say I can't do something you know so it's really perceived or expected as a grunt that you just put up and do it <laughs> you know there's no and if you do tap out whether it be I suppose legit for injury tired or not not tired probably isn't even a thing you can't tap out for being tired it's not an army that don't care but you know injury or whatnot um again you're you're frowned upon people will start to give you stick your uh, you're labelled as a bit of a ghoster or a field dodger. Field dodger is a big one, you know. When you go out in the field, that's generally when you're doing the hard work, the hard mahi. And if you're one of those soldiers who doesn't go to the field, you're labelled as a field dodger or a camp soldier and a bit of a ghoster, which is just, again, essentially it's bullying because, um, you know, I've had to pull out of the field before for, for an injury um, and you get labelled that. And it's, that's where I believe it, it can really impact you because if it starts to affect you quite heavily, it makes you just not want to go back where then that just increases the level of stick you get. Whereas it's very, and then otherwise, so you kind of go down that path or you just got to kind of bite the bullet, get back in there, probably sometimes push through injuries that you don't want to, but I'd rather push through an injury than be called, uh, you know, soft or, or a field dodger, I guess. Far out. That's another few words right there, a eh? field dodger, right? Like you get labeled as that. Oh, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy, bro. I want to be known as that. I don't want to be seen as one who's slacking off. I've got to uphold that mentality, eh? Yeah, 100%. And that's sort of feeds into what I said earlier is that, um, that reputation, like if you build that reputation early, you know, you're kind of remembered as that for a very long period of time, you know. Um, when you go through your posting cycles from, say, rock company to support company, as you're posted, the guys from support will come over to your previous company and be like, oh, you know, such and such has just been posted over. What's he like? And all they need to say is, oh, he's a field dodger. And I oh, it's sweet. Noted. You know, that you can't shake that. Once you've sort of earned that reputation, I guess, or been labelled as that, it's pretty hard to get rid of. Yeah. Oh, it's almost like in high school when you get labelled with something, eh? You get labelled, oh, you're that. You're, you're so-and-so kid, eh? From doing so-and-so. How do you... It's uh, funny. Unlabeled. But it's not. Shouldn't say that, but yeah, like, <laughs> like yeah, it is very hard. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, that's that, that labelly. Yeah, hard out, which can really, as you say, be hard to take that label away. Hard to unearn that reputation. No, definitely. But, and that's why I mean, that's a, it's a fine line because, like I said at the start as well, like, I believe that you need to earn the right to, you know, to be put in that, I suppose, that you are a good soldier or you you know, you've done the hard yards or you've proved. That you can do the hard guards, but you know if if you know shit happens occasionally. You know if you fall over and have an injury, like I can put it back to I tore my ACL in Wyoming whilst attending a course, um, and I don't even know why. Probably probably stupid, but the the guy I remember actually trying to get it checked out, and the guy saying to me, uh, he was like a real old guy, but he was like, oh yeah, they don't breed the soldiers like they used to. You know they're all, they're all pretty soft now. So it's just like. You know, like at the time, I didn't know I had um, the extent of my injury. So I was just like, oh, you know what? <laughs> like it kind of you know, sat with me. I was like, no, nah, stuff you. Like I'm going to carry on then. I'm going to crack on. 
and I finished off. I was only there to instruct, thank God. Like if I was probably participating, I don't know if I could have done it, but I carried on instructing throughout the course. And it wasn't until I returned to Christchurch and went to see the doctor that I found out I'd torn my ACL. Shit, bro, and tearing an ACL was no joke, eh? Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like looking back at like pretty stupid of me, to be honest, but crack on. But it was, you know, as simple as him saying, oh, yeah, you know, soldiers are a bit soft these days. They don't breathe them like they used to. It was enough to be like, no, no, okay, sweet ass, I'll, I'll crack on. Like the, my knee's sore, but oh well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> But that's thought of like how I said as well. Like you don't want that reputation because as soon as you get it, that's pretty hard to shake. Yeah, it's almost like a uh, an air of bravado. Like there's an almost like an air of like a reputation to uphold while being in this certain industry. It's like there's an image, and that's associated to let's say for like the army, a similar image is associated to very masculine industries, such as the construction industry that we work in. Other than those points, do you think there's any other issues that possibly warrant? Like, why why do we why do you think bullying is such an issue in both these places? Like, other than the fact that we're all just blokes, um, yeah, like you say, giving shtick to each other. I mean, there's got to be something else, right? Um, there is one. Like, well, another a view I do think, and I have a or my take on it is, um, you do find throughout the military sometimes. The people who will, I suppose, give the newbies or the new people coming through the unit or whatnot, who give them the most stick. And I suppose, trying to word it as polite as I can, are probably the most underperforming soldiers, if that makes sense. You know, like maybe as well as they were probably the dudes who copped a lot of slack when they came in. So it's become this reoccurring thing that, hey, this is how I was taught. This is how I'm going to teach you. But also, if we, I suppose, are in the same, because I like how I said we talk about reputation and whatnot. When you come in to the unit, if you don't, you know, sort of step off on the right foot, I guess, if you if you don't mesh well with your section, with your commanders, with your company, um, if you maybe have a couple of legit injuries at the start, which don't allow your career to get off on the right footsteps, um, you're labeled as that field dodge or that ghost or, you know, and you cop a bit of stick. Um, so your career doesn't start off the best. I wouldn't say they're the most underperforming soldiers, but it doesn't start off the best. So they get held back almost where other people progress further. So then when the newbies come through, though, they're almost kind of labelled as the senior guys in that company. So they start to dish it up to the next dude. And they're like, you know, this is how I was taught. My career, you know, I, I was taught like this and it, it worked, whether it worked or it didn't work. So I'm, this is how I'm going to teach you. So I've found... Some of them are probably the more underperforming soldiers and some of them maybe have just had a bit of bad luck in their career at the start, but they were bullied the most. So they just think that's the norm and I'm going to carry it on. Yeah, that case of the, the bully becoming the bully, eh? Like, and because that's what I, I think that's quite fortunate. Like, I can't really recall too many incidents where I personally felt bullied. Um, but... Like I said, I came in, I had a I had a good section, I had good commanders, I sort of, you know, tried to keep out of trouble. Um, you have a bit of peer pressure and you do a few silly things like where we talk about injuries or, you know, outside of work, what you do outside of work to try and gel with <laughs> gel with the guys, whether it be having a beer or whatnot. But um, you know, I think I felt I was quite fortunate with the crew that I came in with and the people that I got put with that. I didn't really experience too much of that. Um, but you can see it. With people who don't, you know, or there's definitely a few soldiers that I know now who are still in, but 
their careers didn't get off to good starts and I suppose they take a lot longer to progress to where they could have been or should be now. And it's some of it is due to bullying, some of it's due to underperforming. But as you start to underperform, like I said, then you cop more stick, then you doubt yourself a little bit more. You can't perform your job to the standard that you should. So you just kind of get labeled as that dude who's you're not good, you're not bad, just a bit maybe mediocre, middle of the pack. You know, you you never ever get past that because like kind of like we said, how high school the army is really run off word of mouth. You'd be surprised how many, I suppose, rumors you could speak to existence. I think in the in the military, whether it be due to bullying or even something actually good. But um, yeah, word of mouth is pretty powerful throughout the throughout the army. From what I found um, throughout my yeah, 12, 13 years. Oh, I don't know. That word of mouth trap was super fast, eh? It's crazy how fast. <laughs> And have you seen, obviously, coming from that army experience, now being here with mates for just over a year now? That's right. Yeah, have you seen much of a comparison or any any correlations towards your experience out on site, delivering the program, having conversations, seeing any comparative or similarities towards? any of those behaviors, any of those things that you experienced? No, definitely. And um, probably probably not as much, but I think that's due to the time aspect. Like I said, um, only been out about a year now, but you can definitely see it on sites. You know, you can you can walk on a site, walk into a room, into a training session where it's, again, that male-dominated industry, and you can see there maybe the, a bit of the old dogs sitting off to one side the young sort of apprentices over here, maybe the guys have been on site for a little bit longer. You can see that there's a little bit of tension sometimes in the room. There's the dudes will, um, you know, when we ask questions in our gets or in our toolboxes, you know, like, oh, just trying to open the conversation in regards to what we do now, but, you know, or what, what stresses you out? And I think the most common answer I get it, it will be, oh, shit, apprentices, you know? That's, that's something <laughs> that always going out. And, like, I, I can understand that. Like we, it's similar to if I trace it back to the army. When you have new people come through, there's always generally one or two people who don't pick up what you're putting down as fast, which I suppose is labelled as kind of like a, a apprentice who isn't performing to the standard of others. But it, you know, and, and here and there, that's all right. But again, that's just what they're willing to say in, a, in an open room. But with you know, uh, and again, we've had um, helpline calls or people chat to us afterwards saying about their bullying culture out on site and can we help it or can we fix it, which obviously, you know, it's, we can't do too much. But definitely that, that male-dominated industry, a bit of the, the senior dudes down to the younger dudes, copping a bit of stick, a bit of hazing, a bit of banter again. But I suppose we look back to how we said earlier, you know, we don't know what's going on for that other person. You know, it may be banter for you, but what what, what does it feel like for that other dude who's, who is the joke? constantly uh day in day out especially if you don't get to know them which we don't typically do in our jobs as much anymore you know we, we don't know every single worker as well as we could but we're happy to give them give them stick about maybe something like uh, a personal something in their personal life even if we don't know if it's true or things that we see on site and try and link it back to something else but we don't actually know what's going on in their life and we don't know how we'll they're receiving that banter, that hazing that you're you're delivering. So now there's definitely some the massive similarities, but it's also cool, I suppose, in the sense where you can see that culture changing in some places. Like um the fact that I think, yeah, like 
when I first started here, mates, you could walk into a onto a site, into a room, and sometimes you were went very welcomed or wasn't well received. But now you can actually walk in there, and some people are uh, like you know extremely happy to have you out there to have a conversation, and they're making more of an effort to, I suppose, squash squash bullying and everything else on their sites because they understand the, the impact it can have on people. So that's also cool, and I think I've actually slowly because I still keep connected with um some of the guys from the from the army that even it's it's slowly reaching them. You know, it'll take a lot longer in entrepreneurs, but it's cool to see that that is changing, I suppose, very slowly. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic to see, even hear from those old mates that things are changing, eh? Hear that that shift is occurring, even however slow it may be, that it is happening, eh, bro? That's absolutely fantastic. After experiencing such an extensive level of behavior going on in having been in the army do you think there are some things that we can do as individuals to maybe stop or even prevent from these behaviors from exhibiting themselves like i mean just being yeah just being there just telling the guys hey you know maybe he doesn't need this today yeah maybe that isn't as much of a joke as you think it is eh? yeah um definitely i, I think it's it, it is very tough and like i guess like we've we've built this culture or the society for so long that that does bully it's it takes a lot to change it but i think as individuals that that's where it has to start to slowly step this out you know each individual has to not every single day or every single moment when they hear a bit of hazing or cop a bit of hazing or whatever it is to do something but when you have those moments i think where you think you know what nah this this is probably a bit over the top man or you need to yeah, we had a bit of banter, you know, let, let's park it for the day or park it talking about Joe Bloggs over there because this dude's been copping it for the last two weeks. Uh, um, but also I think, so yeah, definitely when you have those moments, if you think a line's been crossed, like have that courage to say, hey man, like I think I think that's enough. Like, you know, like don't worry about, you know, because again, I suppose that's sort of, sometimes what stops us from speaking up in those moments is the repercussions that, oh, okay, sweet, I'm not going to joke about, oh, mate, I'll, I'll start joking about you then. But, you know, and then hopefully that someone might have the courage to do that for you if you start to wear it a bit too much. But I think when you have those moments, if you think a line's been crossed, to do something about it. Not necessarily say take it higher, become a knock or whatever that is, but tell the dude, hey, bro, I think I think you're crossing a line. Or I think old mate's had enough. Like, you need to... You know, it might be banter for you, but have you thought about how how he's how he's affected by it? And just point out, you know, we we really need to start looking at things from the other person's point of view. Because I, I, I'm not perfect. I think um, throughout my military uh, military career, like I had a, I've had a couple of people say like, and I didn't know if they're joking or not because they're generally over a couple of years. You know, oh, you know, you're a bit of a bully at times. And I was like, yeah, you know, on the spot, I'm like, ah, you know, save it. Like, no way, I'm not a bully, but you. It sits with you and you have to think like maybe maybe the way I was approaching things um, and the way I was dealing with things wasn't the appropriate way to do it. Okay? Take a look at yourself back and think, is there another way I could have done it? Did I, did I think about the other person's needs or how they might have been feeling in that moment? Um, and did I take it too far? So, yeah, I think definitely as individuals, those are things we can do. And also, is, I suppose, if you're comfortable enough, is to share your experiences, kind of like what I'm doing now, not necessarily on a podcast, but share your experiences with bullying, whether it be you as a bully or you being bullied, or give that those other people the insight as to, oh, so maybe that's how such and such felt when I was doing that. Or when I said that similar thing to someone, you know, 
maybe it wasn't as received as I thought it would be received. So being able to share that sort of stuff, I think is good healing for yourself, but also gives other people, I suppose, a point of view as to have a second thought about what they're saying, what they're doing, and their website at home, whatever it is, um, out on the weekend doing things to people that, hey, who knows how this other person's taking it. Maybe I should check in or maybe I should just park what I'm doing, you know. I don't feel any better from being a joker every day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's, that's so true. I love what you're saying there about sharing, actually sharing those experiences, eh? because it can be so easy to become isolated when you are being bullied being sort of put into that corner and feeling like, oh, you've got nowhere to to go with that experience. You don't know if anyone is feeling the same way, encapsulated in that experience of what you're feeling at the time. eh? And speaking of, yeah, speaking of feeling at the time, as I know we've spoken about your experience within the, I mean, I'm glad to hear that you didn't experience too much of that uh, bullying or hazing. But within your time, even without your within your life, Charlie, uh, have you experienced any bullying that has stuck with you, or did you have you had experiences of bullying that you observed that stuck with you? And how did you react, or at that time, or how did you feel with it about that time? Um, yeah, I think that's probably how I suppose I think. Either if I did experience through the army, maybe it went a little bit more unnoticed because I felt I was probably extremely bullied um, through my childhood, I guess. Like, uh, I'd say maybe probably more my my college years, you know. Everyone, I, I think everyone gets uh, bullied at some point in college, whether it be short term, long term, whatnot. But um, I definitely, I think from, is that third form through to fifth form or third form, fourth form, definitely. Like, so. I grew up in the in the middle of the far north. Um, if you go Kaitai, hour north, so um, I was quite I stood out quite a lot in there up there as a probably a, one of the more pale skinned people up up in the far north. You know, everyone's got these nice tans or whatnot, and I was this what little white mouldy maybe running around. So that alone, you stand out a bit like a, oh, no, I was going to say something I probably shouldn't say, but you stand out quite significantly, and you that alone cop a bit of stick. Um, but definitely through in my years in college, man, you know, I had, a, I had an older sister, I think, who I looked at and everyone else looked at. She was quite popular. So when I came to came to college, I was known as, oh, you're such and such a little brother. And, you know, and that alone, for some reason, causes you to get bullied, you know? You're like, well, what, what does that even warrant being bullied for? Like, oh, okay, i got an older sister. But, you know, like I used to have, shit, like, people would bloody pull my, like, my dad would give me some horrific haircuts as a kid that traumatized me for life. But, you know, I'd go to, go to school and, like, all of the, I suppose, my older sister's friends and um, the guys that she was friends with, you know, they'd bloody pull my hair and try and pull your pants down and all these random little things where, they, as a kid, you know, like, they, they I don't know, I suppose they hurt. Like, you're like, what the? <laughs> you know, you don't even want to go to bloody school and, and do these things. But, and you can't understand why, you know, why you're um, being bullied, I guess. To the point where, like, I would, if at school, I suppose, what impact it had on me is I was I would avoid those areas of school. Or, you know, if you're walking around the school and you see that person, you know, you're on oh, bloody detour. <laughs> I take the long route to to get to the to the next class, or I take this big, you know, I suppose, bloody bypassing object go around the guy and hope that he doesn't see me or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's sort of why, either through my army career or military career or whatnot, I maybe didn't experience it so much because I developed very thick skin through my college years that I wasn't 
it, it is really it, it affected me quite a lot through those years to the point where I didn't care anymore. Yes. You know, I learned to just be, I suppose, comfortable in my own skin, not care what people think. Um, always had my own in my own mind, like you know, like I'd always wanted to join the army probably from quite a young age that I was gonna do that, I was gonna leave leave Kaitaia, um, or the far north and do my do my own thing. So yeah, it, it definitely had a I suppose a big impact on me through my apologies, but I think that's what helped me grow into I suppose the person I was in the army. Yeah, even though it was a negative experience, you were able to use it to produce a positive outcome, mate, for yourself, which is a great experience to hear from you, bro. But it's, I suppose it's tough as well, because like, not everyone can do that. I'm not saying like I'm special and, um, you know, I made mine into a positive, you know, like that's probably just by luck or you know, maybe because it was so much that I just sort of got over it. But not everyone can make those negatives into a positive, you know, but like that stuff can affect you for a very, very long time. Um, I think probably the fact that also I think when I was in my fifth form year or sixth form year, I had the biggest growth spurt probably in my life. That <laughs> I went from this little weedy little little white fella to quite a tall tall dude and whatnot. That everyone was like, "Holy, holy heckins, who's this dude?" But you know, like um, it's yeah, not everyone can make a positive out of it, and it really needs to be, I suppose, taught and educated more that around bullying that the impact it can have. Mm. The long term effects, eh? That's that's the one thing that people don't really see. Like a just a one nasty comment can really stick with someone's brain for the rest of their life and you know affect everything that they do inside, outside, wherever that may be. And it's just such an important yeah, it's such an important thing to keep in mind. Eh? Like you said, I think you said it pretty perfectly, is that you have to stop seeing things from your own perspective and seeing it from the other people's perspective. Even 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 saying something that you may not think is is harmful or mean. But it can it can just be so small that you may not notice, but the other person can take on very, very greatly. And um, yeah, no, I think it was pretty perfect. No, you're right. No, I love and I love what you said there, Charlie, about not necessarily everyone can turn that negative experience into a positive. It's such a great point to bring up there, bro. It can take many, many years to even acknowledge or become aware of what that bullying, or even that name, or what that label, what has caused you. And to be able to move forward and to even develop that sense of confidence of self-worth that I love that you've spoken to, to be able to that confidence in yourself, knowing who you are, being proud of that, which is absolutely fantastic, bro. Because I think, you know, like, you don't realise, well, I don't think I realise it's like your college years or your whatever it is that you get, college, university, whatnot, you're trying to find yourself. And if you're bullied enough through that time period, you know, you, you start to probably believe what people are telling you and what they're saying about you. And you can just take on that persona and never find yourself, I guess, or never really actually step out of that that point where you're like, no, this isn't me. You know, I, I don't care what all mates said about me or that's not who I am. And actually figure out who you are, where I think, like, you know, for me, that's what the army did. Like, it allowed me to just grow into me. You know, like, yeah, you, you cop a bit of stuff, but you you could put yourself through some so many hard experiences. You, you really learn who you are, what you can do. Um, and yeah, but just that, who, who you are as a person, what you're capable of. Yeah, even though it sounds quite simple, it's extremely, quite a difficult thing to do. I think a lot of us do search for that for a very long time. Well, we ask everyone that comes on the podcast, what's your thing? So for example, last podcast episode, we asked Nadia what was her thing. 
And it was just something as simple as kind of going into that creative space just to relax and unwind. So what's your thing? Hey, that's fair enough. See, that's, that's cool. I like, obviously, this is only the second podcast I've ever done and it's a good way to wrap these up. So my thing, um, I suppose, yeah, I don't want to think too much. I think I just have to say golf, man. Like I've, I've become this serial golfer at the moment, like, Warren said I'm playing pretty good. So if I play an average, I would not be golf would not be my thing. That's it's a very frustrating sport. But to go out there, um, I've started playing a bit more competitively now. But to, yeah, just I suppose it challenges yourself, man. Like when you when you can put yourself under pressure and see how you do, I, I think you know, like it's it's a pretty cool feeling when you well, when you pull it off, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, to to put my like to go out there, play a sport, golf. Golf is definitely that for me. Um, play a bit more competitively, and yeah, if I can put myself under pressure and try and perform, you know, it's just a, it's a pretty, it's a funny feeling, and I like it. <laughs> the serial golfer, bro, I love that. <laughs> nah, yeah, but yeah, that's me, man. Golf, golf is golf is it for me? Or I suppose if I if to take it out of that, because I'm I, I, I will not golf in the rain. You know, I'm, a, I'm solar powered. I've spent enough time in the in the cold weather. <laughs> spent my time in the in the military. Um, so it's probably just uh, sit down, nice quiet space, have a coffee, have something sweet to eat. You know, I'm a cereal coffee and cookies or coffee and cake kind of guy. Um, and just have a bit of time for yourself, man. You know, like I said, um, I think the way the way we are at the moment, you know, you're either real busy at work or you're real busy at home. To make a little bit of time for yourself, I think is is real crucial and a, a real like you really notice the effects of it. I think if you can just sit down by yourself, even if you do nothing there, but to be alone. Not think about anything, not talk to anyone. Um, again, I look back with like just to feel comfortable in myself um, is, is really important for me. And I try and do it occasionally. If I, if I don't, um, I'll find myself on the year getting a pretty, pretty rocked up, <laughs> not traveling home at the end of the day to go into my house to be like, ah, shit, you know, back to his job number two. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one, bro. Right? It's so important to have that time just for yourself to de stress, say, just to wind down. Even if it is, as you say, doing nothing. I'm not even right you with you there, bro. Uh, thank you so much, Charlie. This has been absolutely, I know I've said amazing probably 15 times now, but really amazing quarter we've had with you, bro. Yeah, bro. And uh, thank awesome. you so much for sharing absolutely your experience, awesome. bro. Someone who has been bullied, I love that you open up about that, brother. It's been so good to have you on, bro. Always, always keen. Yeah, nah, thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate uh, appreciate your time. and. Getting that, getting that word out there is um, anyone who shares those experiences or whatnot to hopefully help others, man. It's, it's, it's awesome. So, no, thank you guys for your time. And, yeah, hopefully we can de- uh, definitely catch up. A sick interview with Charlie, eh? That dude is a character. Oh, man. Uh, just just uh, a bundle of information, I eh? Just could get him going for hours like a river that doesn't stop flowing. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely great personality, um. So glad to have him as a team leader here at Mates. An absolute wealth of experience and just so comfortable with who he is, which is, for me, as someone who struggled with that journey for a long time, a great example, a great model for, role model for many. I'm not sure if he would agree about being a role model, but <laughs> uh, definitely a great example that he set. And so thank you again, Charlie, for coming along, man. It was, it was awesome. One thing I think Charlie says brilliantly in his interview with us in the previous section is I think almost recognizing and understanding that, you know, sometimes you may be the bully. I think a lot of these things that talk about bullying is, is usually uh, you are not the perpetrator. You are the, the victim. But I think it's also important to recognize when 
you become the perpetrator unknowingly sometimes even oh i think most of us will want to say unknowingly but having that strength to recognize that you made a mistake to apologize to that person which you may have victimized unknowingly by being a bully and i think is is quite important oh absolutely i man to because it can be really hard to even notice that you you are attributing to such behaviors impacting someone in such a way because of what you're potentially going through i know that's definitely in the case for myself, after being that victim of bullying for so many years, started to then dish it out to others. And it was only when actually called out on it in a similar situation to Charlie that I felt that, oh man, I actually need to have a look at what I, how I am saying things or the way I'm actually conducting myself and to take accountability for it. Because it can be hard for us, sometimes maybe even be unnoticed way, like you say, unconsciously, unwillingly, just impacting somebody without realising it through behaviours, through the way we're acting that we thought was maybe just part and parcel of what we're doing, how we're supposed to be doing our jobs or acting is definitely something we need to consider and be mindful of. Eh? Such an awesome point that Charlie brings up. I think that's a great uh, mental start to ch- yeah, shift the culture and preventing or even stopping these bullying behaviors. I think another thing we can do as individuals physically could just be what Pink Shirt they calls being an upstander. You know, you see the bullying happen. Do what you can do at the best of your abilities to support that person who is being bullied and just kind of don't be a bystander. You know, I mean, that figure 44% of your coworkers know because they're being affected by bullying in the last five years. Like, even, even watching it happen, the bystander effect is real. You get the fight or fight response, even watching these events occur and sometimes we may not have the courage to step up to say hey you know you're actually bullying him to just to say that i think um you know it takes a lot of courage but as we always say it only takes 10 seconds to step into that space and say something absolutely even that that little chicken that you do with that person like hey you got that person crossed the line making a stand for that individual can be absolutely massive the person who is in that space not simply just allowing those behaviors to continue because maybe it's not our role or we don't feel confident enough we'll allow those cultures to continue and allow those behaviors to continue eh? i think uh, an interesting thing i read on the the research done by worksafe on preventing and minimizing bullying behaviors at work i don't think that's exactly what the thing is called but basically they talk about sometimes even if you aren't reporting the bullying or the bullying being isn't reported to you because either yourself or the worker that's being bullied are facing these repercussions and you know i think that's another fact is is about what would happen to you if you talked about this bullying i mean personal example would be like the situation on the bus well who am i going to talk to that about i'm just a i'm just some kid an intermediate, what, am I going to tell the bus driver I'm getting bullied? What are the teachers going to do about the buses? You know, they can't go on the bus with me. Or one of the biggest things about being a target of bullying is that if you tell anybody, you're going to get bullied more. Oh, you need to display that that's actually something that's, that tweaks you. That's a, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, you're, you're kryptonite. That's impacting you. It could actually be exploited. And it could then push further and further. There, there's definitely that fear, right? If you had to put your hand up and acknowledge it, then well, maybe you're going to make it worse. Yeah, that's a that's a big fear, I think, with with bullying behaviors is that there is that almost like, oh, what if I, like, what if I tell somebody? What are the repercussions of me telling that I'm getting bullied? 
yeah, am I just going to, is this just going to get worse? Nothing's going to be done. And, and so it's, I think it's still very scary thought. Oh, huge. That, that fear can almost stun lock, I say, into just complete inactivity, to silence, to being isolated. And that singular experience that we have very easily, eh? That's key for us to, to acknowledge, to put that hand up, eh? However it might be to somebody. With a study from WorkSafe, to talk about bullying can happen at any time, any levels, we need to make sure we assess that. And I think it's part of being aware and part of acknowledging our bullying is to also make sure we have lines of communication, eh? I mean, not necessarily with our work, but with others, share our experience, what we're going through, whoever that might be. Yeah, I think it's important that there is a clear line of communication between yourself, your supervisors, whoever you're working with or working for, more those that are working for you. Uh, important to have this really good line that you can clearly communicate safely. I think that's an important part is, is the safety aspect of it. You know, like you said, bullying can happen anytime at any levels. Someone higher up could be the bully. What happens then? You know, it's like a, it just needs to be said. And I think there needs to be procedures in place. Oh, yes. Most definitely. Bullying didn't just appear in our mid-2000s coming-of-age high school movies. It wasn't just Flash Thompson, you know, beating up Peter Parker. It happens everywhere. It could happen at any time, especially within our workplaces, within our, even our homes, wherever we could be. And make sure that we are aware of it, communicating it to whoever we can. I don't think any workplace would be proud of having a, a staunch bullying culture, right? I don't think anyone would post that on there. But there needs to be controls. There needs to be measures. That's especially identifying situations in which we could potentially increase those behaviours. You know, being Making that part of the cultural workplace, that's not what we do here. I've always loved that phrase. That's our behaviour now, that's not what we do. This is what we do here at this workplace, not how we conduct ourselves. Not accepting that style of behaviour, not dismissing it and simply waving it off or playing down someone's concerns, not accepting it. Having a no-tolerance attitude towards that behaviour, I think, is incredibly key. Then someone will come to work in a, a lot more safer of a mindset, right? How are we supposed to work <laughs> productively, efficiently, with those sort of behaviours present and potentially encouraged? And for myself, it would just cause me to shut down, isolate. My work would be impacted. I wouldn't really communicate with anybody. The workplace would suffer because of it. Whereas in terms of, I guess, my personal experience with uh, being bullied, I was bullied from quite an early age. I grew up, I wasn't always uh, as staunch and gigantic as a muscle bound as you see <laughs> me before you. No, I was joking, you, joking. Absolutely. Yeah, it was gigantic. Biggest, biggest <laughs> six-foot block you ever seen. <laughs> oh, I kid, I kid. I, I was quite small for a very long I was very, uh, I was the same height I was, I am now, but I had a growth spurt in, in about year nine or year ten. But before that, I was, was, was minuscule. I was a little kid. Uh, glasses as well. I've always worn glasses. I wear contact lenses now. I had glasses and also braces at the same time. Combine that with an avid love for comic books, video games. In the early 2000s, uh, man, I copped a lot. And not necessarily because of what, what I was doing or what I was engaging with. It was the idea of that I was different and that whatever I was doing or whatever I looked like or what I was engaging with wasn't, wasn't quote-unquote cool. It wasn't in. It wasn't great. And that led me to really doubt myself with for a very, very long time. It's only within the last couple of years that I've actually been able to turn around that perception of myself and my self-worth. Because at many times in my adult life, I felt like I was still that little kid. I was still like that little kid in boarding school who's being made fun of for reading Spider-Man comics. And I've always said that people, you can forget how people, or what people have said, 
But it's hard to forget how people have made you feel. And that feeling of indifference still carries a little bit of that chip on my shoulder to this day. <laughs> but for me, having that experience and what's helped me not necessarily move past it, but utilize it is that indifference is what makes us special. And if I like a bad term, indifference is what makes us unique. I'm proud to have been into those, those things and those hobbies in my life. I'm proud to have the experiences that I do have. I'm proud to look the way I do because that's me. I'm happy with who I am. Jokes and insults and experience I faced when I was younger made me feel ashamed to be who I was, but I'm not ashamed anymore. Not that I've got the highest ego in the world, but I know who I am. I think that's, that's key to understanding the impact that bullying can have. I know I'm never going to be able to unwind or not have that experience, and it's always going to impact me, but I can acknowledge it and try to understand how that is impacting who I am as a person and what I will accept and how I act, because I'm definitely not perfect, but I can definitely see where I've come from and move forward in a more positive manner. And I've seen a lot of bullying throughout my time, even within college years, even within workplaces. And it's something that, as we talked about that bystander effect, I would feel that almost like the spidey sense, that, that twang of like, I should say something, I should do something. But because of that self-worth, that feel, that lack of self-confidence, always felt like I was still that little kid. I know something within our roles and what we do here at Mates is being able to put our hands up and say something and have that self-confidence. feel was a lot more present within myself now, which I'm so glad. And that's pretty much us. Yeah, that's um, that's us for this episode. Um, this episode's quite a bit of a special one. I think, you know, Pink Shirt Day encapsulates a lot of us. None of us can really escape the idea of bullying, whether that be just banter or um, childish play. You know, it can be bullying to some people, um, whether it may not come off as. So I think it's an important discussion to have around, you know, to change the culture and maybe think about like Charlie said, maybe think about what other people think what you just said. Change your perspective. Yeah, I, I've always gone by the motto from my father that we may forget what people say. We may forget how, you know, things or events have happened in the short term or even in the long term, but not always can we forget how people make us feel. So going forward, we really want to start to change that perspective. And it's great to have, as you said, brother, change Start that combo. Start that quarter. It's time to have it. Be an upstander. That's the one. That's the one, eh? So, catch you guys next time. Stay safe at all times, eh? See you. Something that you need to say so.